Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempest Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. I started talking about staying encouraged and how to stay encouraged last week. And it's a difficult thing in this world that we live in to stay encouraged. But we can be encouraged in the fact that our God is on the throne. And believe it or not, I know there's a lot of chaos in this world, but he really does have everything under control. We think the enemy's got the upper hand, but God has it all under control. We must trust him. And when I start thinking about encouragement, I, I think about how the church itself has, for many years, we have actually uh, taken a defensive position in our culture. And we've kind of allowed the enemy to have uh, free reign to do whatever he wanted to do, his forces. Uh, many years ago, two men met, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Bright, I think it was his name, and Lauren Cunningham. Uh, one was a Campus Crusade uh, Youth with a Mission, and the other one was uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, I believe. The two organizations. I may have that wrong, but this is just off the top of my head. But these two men met, and before they met, God downloaded something to each one of them. And when they met, they realized that God had given both of them basically the same thing. And they called it, they didn't know what to call it, but they, they, they were seven strongholds in a, a society. Seven strongholds that either belonged to the enemy or belonged to God. And I don't have all of them right off the top of my head, but they're things like politics and family and uh, arts and entertainment and the fact is, this is not going to sound like much of an encouragement, but hold on, okay? The fact is, six of those pillars of, of culture, and it's come to be known as the seven mountains of culture. If you've heard, ever heard that. Six of those pillars of culture have been taken over by the enemy. Pretty, he's pretty strong. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have, God doesn't have his people strategically placed in each one of these mountains. It just means that for the most part, the enemy has up the upper hand. Now the last culture to fall is the church. The gates of hell are right outside of our doors. Look and see what's happening in our culture. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church. It's time to knock down and take down the strongholds. Those things that, I, that prayer time that I'm talking about for tomorrow night. This is an opportunity for us to pull down strongholds, 
cast down the demonic forces that are trying to, to impose their will on the church and our culture. We can still win this battle in our culture, but it's, there's going to be a fight. And we better not take a, a, a position of, well, God's, in, God's just going to take care of it. God's got his people in the earth to take care of it. That's what he called, he's called us to do. So it is very, very important that, yes, prayer is so very important when, we, when it comes to preparing ourselves for this battle. But it can't just stop there. We've got to, we've got to uh, bring ourselves together, organize, and begin to realize that we will touch our culture one person at a time through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not one that believes that we're going to be able to set things right with politics. I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to happen when God's people recognize that we are in a different kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. And we begin to move in a direction that will pull down those strongholds in the individual lives and bring light to people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is moving through his people today. I believe there's a huge movement of the Holy Spirit happening right now. We want to be a part of it. Amen. All right. I'm glad that three of you do. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Do we want to be a part of it? Amen. Yes, of course we do. Hallelujah. So the encouraging part of this is that God has promised us no matter what comes against us, that no mountain formed against us will prosper. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We can speak to those mountains. We can speak to those weapons. We can pull down those strongholds and we can move according to the will and the power of our living God. So I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want to continue to talk about being encouraged, how to stay encouraged. Encourage uh, in the Merriam-Webster's is to fill with courage or strength of purpose. So I want you to be filled with strength of purpose this morning. We have a purpose as the body of Christ. Our purpose is to establish the kingdom of God in this earth. It's here. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist preached the same message and then Jesus followed up with it. The kingdom of God, it, when Jesus stepped on the face of the earth, guess what? He's the king, the kingdom came. And now we're part of that kingdom. We have to recognize we are not a part of the world kingdom. And we've got to separate ourselves from the things of the world. At the same time, shed light on those things that the world is trying to do. You know, it's, it's like Isaiah, what Isaiah told the people of Israel. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who make darkness light and light darkness. Who make 
sweet, are bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Woe to those people who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. That's what we're dealing with right now, today in our society. Evil is certainly being called good. And those who are holding up, standing up for good are being called, being called evil. The bombardment is coming, but we are strong because we have a mighty God. We are encouraged because our God is on our side. Encouragement is so very important. I don't want you to go out of this place feeling like it's, it's just all over. It's too late. We're not going to be able to do anything. The culture is already swallowed up by darkness. It's never too late when God's in control. When our God, hallelujah, when our God is leading and directing a mighty army of his people, it's never too late. He will move in before us. He will wipe out the enemy. And I don't mean physically. We don't want people, we don't want anybody hurt. But we want the, the ideas and the, the, uh, the uh, philosophy that is being promoted all over the world. We want it pulled down. And we want the goodness of God to be spread wherever we go. So the first thing we talked about was being encouraged. And William Arthur Ward once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will not forget you. Encouragement is very powerful and we all need to be encouraged. Sometimes we have to be like David was at Ziklag and go off and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Amen. That's where my first point comes in. Know the word of God. Look to the word. If we're going to be encouraged, we've got to look to the word. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, he looked to the word of God. You know, he, said, he told the, the enemy when he tried to tempt him to turn a stone into bread, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. An Old Testament reference. According to the psalmist, no matter what happens, God is an encourager. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your word has given me life. His word's alive. So go to the word. Number two, how to stay encouraged. Surround yourself with believers, with brothers and sisters that will encourage you. And they'll encourage you with the word of God. Be careful who you allow to encourage you. Be careful who you get advice from. The workplace is probably not the best place to get your advice and your direction. You want to be encouraged by godly people. So surround yourself with godly people. This is where our connect groups come in. This is where being connected to, to other people who, are, who have the word of God in their heart so that they can, when you're down, they can be, you can, uh, they can encourage you. And when you're uh, there down, you can encourage them. It's that, it works that way. 
In Deuteronomy 3.28, Joshua is about to go in to the promised land and God tells Moses to encourage Joshua. It says this, but command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before his people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. Be careful what you're being encouraged to do. You know, sometimes we can, uh, you know, something sounds really good and we get encouraged about it, but it's really not the right direction that we should be going. Make sure you're hearing from God. A few years ago, well, it's been many years ago, a man by the name of Larry Walters had uh, graduated from high school and he wanted to become a pilot. He wanted to fly. So he went into the Air Force. And because of Larry's uh, vision, he wasn't able to become a pilot. So he, he finished his stint and he went back, moved back to California. And one day in 1983, he was sitting out in his lawn chair, looking up at the sky and watching the jets go by. And an epiphany hit him. He just suddenly had this thought. So he went down to the local uh, army uh, su surplus store and he bought some weather balloons. The weather balloons are pretty large, about four foot around. And uh, he bought many of these weather balloons, they're real thick. And uh, he also bought some helium. So he went home, he went to Walmart and he bought a lawn chair. He went home with his rope his lawn chair and his weather balloons. He filled the balloons up with helium. He tied it off to something at his home. Uh, and he sat down in the chair. He released it part of the way and he started up. Now his plan was that he was going to go up gradually, hover for a while and he took a BB gun with him and he was going to shoot the balloons one by one to gradually come back down. Well, when his girlfriend released the rope, Larry didn't just go up gradually. He shot up to 16,000 feet in the air. This is in 1983, California. A pilot from LAX went, uh, happened to see him and he radioed in and he said, you won't believe this, but there's a man up here with, weather, with balloons and a lawn chair and a gun in his lap. They didn't believe him. Finally, he, Larry was up there for a long time. And uh, they just didn't know what to do. And finally, the, the wind started to shift. I guess it does that uh, quite often in California, and it was blowing him out to sea. So the Coast Guard got involved and they took a helicopter up and they tried to rescue him. And every time they got close to him, they'd push him out further. So finally, they came up with an idea and they pulled Larry in. They got him in the helicopter and they brought him down. As soon as his feet hit the floor, hit the ground, um, he was arrested. I'm not sure what he was charged with, but, but he was arrested. As they were leading him off, uh, there was reporters there, and a reporter asked him, Larry, why did you do that? And he thought about it for a minute, and he said, well, a guy just can't sit around. 
What a crazy story that is, but it's a true story. A man had a dream, but our dreams are not always the right kind of dreams. He was encouraged to do something that could have cost him his life. Larry was probably a good man. I haven't heard anything. I guess he was, back then he was on the Tonight Show and he was kind of a celebrity during that period of time. But you know, if we're not careful, we'll get our encouragement from the wrong places. We'll get encouragement to do something or go in a direction that is not of God. That's why it's so important that we go to the Word of God and we surround ourselves with the kind of people that will give us the proper direction. The third thing that I wanted to share, this is picking up where we left up, is look back. If you want to be encouraged, I don't care how long you have been a believer, you can surely look back. Even if you were saved uh, last week, you can look back at that and say, thank God for that moment, for that, that event that happened in my life, that God led me to a place where I could pour out my heart and ask for forgiveness for my sins. So we always have something that we can look back to that God has done for us. After God used Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt, he gave them a, a Moedim, a Passover festival, a feast. It was actually three feasts all in one. Uh, excuse me a minute. I'm sorry. But he gave him this feast and Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. This is referred to as Passover. It's, uh, it's Passover on leavened bread, first fruits. They're, they're all, they were all those spring feasts, exactly the time that Jesus came and sac was the sacrificial lamb for all of us. But this was a... a a remembrance. It was something that they were supposed to do every year and still do every year. And I believe it's something that as believers in Jesus Christ, we can, we don't, we're not commanded to do it, but it's a teaching tool that we're able to look back at it and say, hey, look at this. Look what God set up in the Old Testament as he points toward the coming of the Messiah. It's such an awesome uh, feast to, to participate in. I love to do it every year. Remember this day. Remember what God has done for you in the past. Remember how he saved your soul. Remember how he led you and directed you and, and touched you in those difficult times that you went through. Remember the issues that you had and God just caused things to work out. Remember the health issue you went through and God was there. Remember what he's doing. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, I'm, I'm going to read that to you. You can look at it if you'd like. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves 12 stones from here. 
out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's foot stood firm. You will carry them over with you, leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man after every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you will answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. See, it wasn't only for their remembrance, the individuals or that generation that passed through the Jordan. It was for, to be a remembrance for generation after generation after generation. Don't forget to talk to your children about your experience with Christ Tell your children the things that God has done for you in the past. Sow those seeds into their life so that when they are bombarded, they have something to look back to. When they are uh, confronted with the things of this world and the temptations of this world, they can look back and say, now, wait a minute. My parents had a strong relationship with the Lord. And someday they'll come to that same conclusion. It will no longer just be your God. It will be their God. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's not a promise that every one of our children are going to come to the Lord. It's a promise that we have a responsibility to teach them the right things. And if we do that, we have much greater hope that they're going to walk in the ways of the Lord. Count the blessings. Be encouraged by the blessings, the things that, that have happened to you. Over the years, since Tammy and I accepted Jesus Christ in 1978, God has just taken us through so many things. We received Christ uh, at that little church, Silver Ridge. In 1978, we became youth leaders. We started having youth crusades. We you know, we just didn't look back when we accepted Christ. We came out of a culture of, uh, you know, drugs and all kinds of crazy things in our life. God was far from it and immediately turned from that lifestyle and began to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that I became as perfect as I am right now. When <laughs> You know, I'm just joking, right? There is a thing called sanctification that takes place in a person's life. I believe there's an immediate sanctification. We're set apart. But I also believe sanctification works through our whole life. And my sanctification process will not be finished until I take my last breath. Amen. So God is working on us and he continues to do so. But I can say this. We did not turn back to that lifestyle. We made a decision and we moved forward. So we became uh, youth leaders, had youth crusades. Uh, we eventually, God took us to Athens and we became house parents. We believed it was a ministry that God had opened a door for us. And in 1986, we started uh, Sina Cara, the group home for uh, abused and neglected and uh, troubled kids. 
And then in 95, I became a pastor. Every step of the way, I can, I can document God's hand on our life as we moved in the direction. This, we, we followed the steps that he ordered for us. Sometimes we didn't realize it, but he had already ordered those steps. We've ended up here pastoring, of course. It's not over. There's still great and mighty things to be done for the kingdom of God. But I can tell you that, that God has done so many incredible things. I'm not going to go into all of them, but, but I would like to share one with you. And I've, I've probably shared this with you before. But when we went to become house parents at uh, Children's Services, uh, one of the things that we had to do to become a house parent, they had a psychological evaluation. And they had a, a psychologist that would sit down with you and talk to you. Now, this particular gentleman was not only a psychologist, but he had a, I, I believe he had a doctorate degree in theology. I didn't say he was born again. I said he had a doctorate degree in theology. We sat down and we talked. And, uh, you know, I, I hate this, but it seems to me like the more people the more educated in the religious system people become, the less likely they are to believe in the power of God. They seem to just educate that, the power of God right out of them. I hate that. Now, that's not true in all of our seminaries. I, I want you to understand there, there are still a few good ones. But for the most part, they just try to educate our uh, religious leaders, our, our ch Christian leaders, uh, to the place where they, they just become secular in their beliefs. Well, anyhow, this guy, uh, as we were, we were being interviewed, and, uh, I was being interviewed by myself, and uh, we were talking about the, the power of God, and I told him things that I, I believed. I believed that God was capable of anything, and I believed that God actually uh, wanted us to have this this position. And if he did, we would, we would get it. And, uh, and his response was, well, what if I don't want you to have this position? What if I tell him you can't have this position? <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm, I, at that time, I wasn't normally overly bold, but there's just something that rose up inside of me, Holy Spirit, I'm sure. And I just told him, I said, well, um, if it's God's will, you can't stop it. <laughs> he wasn't sure of how to handle that. But later on, we did get that position. And his only comment about me, uh, negative one from his perspective, was that I might be just a little radical in my beliefs. <laughs> Hallelujah for that. But those are, you know, that's just a minor thing that I, all along the way, I look back at these things even now, and I'm encouraged in what God is going to do for the future because God has never left me or forsaken me. He's never left this church or forsaken us. We've had uptimes, up we've had downtimes, but God has always absolutely made his awareness here in this place. For us. And he's an awesome, mighty God.
So count your blessings. Look back. Look back at what God has done. Look forward. Now that we can look back and see all these things that have happened in our life and we can count those blessings, let's look forward to the future. Because here's what I want you to, to, to know for sure, and I, I do believe this. I believe that we cannot live in the past. It's been awesome, the things that God has done for me. I could tell you story after story, but I can't live there any longer. Those things are, they're good stories. They're great, praise God, that they happened. But if that's where I live my life, we're gonna miss what God is doing here and now and in the future. So we have to be ready for the future. God has prepared a future for us. He's promised us that he has a path laid out for us, that he has ordered our steps, that he, is, he will not leave us or forsake us, that he will always show us the right thing to do. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. You see, sometimes we have to keep, just keep coming back to the Lord, keep coming back. We have times where we, we stray. Sometimes people stray very far from the Lord. But thank God for his grace you know what? You can't get far enough away from him that he can't reach you. He has a long arm. And he'll reach out and grab you. All you have to do is cry out to him. I was, one of the things that I was listening to uh, this week in regards to, to Halloween was a, a lady by the name of Jenny Weaver. Jenny Weaver had become a... Um, a witch, and she was dabbling in all, all kinds of different occult stuff. But Jenny was, a, she grew up in a, a Pentecostal home. Uh, and uh, her mother was a powerful praying woman, but, and she wouldn't allow her to do certain things. But when Jenny got away from her mom, she got involved uh, in witchcraft and started practicing witchcraft. And she got to the point where she was being uh, um, tormented by demonic spirits. And she began, because of her background, Christian background, she realized what was going on. And she eventually, uh, she got so desperate that she was living on the, the streets, uh, sleeping in people's buildings, doing drugs, all kinds of crazy things. And the Spirit of God was still reaching out to her. And when she was arrested, a, a lady a police officer ministered to her and told her that God had a future for her. From that moment on, her life began to turn around. Jenny is a beautiful young lady. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's hard to believe that she was involved with the things that she's, she was involved in. But she now proclaims the goodness of Jesus Christ. And she tells people, stay away from the cult. Completely and totally. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. We've got 
to search for our God. That's what gives us hope. Amen. Because we can search for our God and we know his word tells us we can find him. He's not that hard to find, but he's looking for a people whose heart is after him. Like David, a man who's, who has a heart after God. David wasn't a perfect man. He did many wrong things. In fact, he did some pretty horrible things. Adultery and then have, putting a, a contract out on the woman's husband and how many murdered. That's pretty horrible. And yet God said, this is a man after my own heart. I'm not excusing David. I'm telling you there's forgiveness. If there's forgiveness for David, it doesn't matter what you've done. There's forgiveness. That's the point of all that. There is hope for each and every one of us. No matter how old we are. I want you to know, age has nothing to do with this thing. Moses was 80 years old. David was a teenager, right? Samuel was a child. And God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in the womb. It doesn't matter how old you are. God has a plan and a purpose and a direction for your life. And I believe corporately God has a plan for us. We have hope. Hope that, that we can move forward and accomplish great things right here in this community and beyond. We have a great and mighty God. There was a man by the name of Viktor Frankl who was an Austro uh, Austrian psychologist and he was uh, in prison in Nazi uh, prison camp. And he took that opportunity to study people that, that were in the, the camps. He looked at several factors to, the, want, to find out why some of the people were able to continue to uh, flourish and others just gave up and perished. He looked at health. He looked at vitality. He looked at family structure. He looked at intelligence. He looked at uh, survival skills. And finally, after looking at all these things, he came to this conclusion. The primary reason that people were able to hang in there and overcome was because they had a conviction that God had a mission for their life. They had a purpose. They had something important left to do. God has something important for us left to do. There's a mission for us. Corporately, we can, we're going to accomplish things in this community and in our surrounding world in the name of Jesus Christ that right now, you know, we, we know some of the things that we're doing. We're, we're reaching out into the community with, with outreach. We're doing um, a food, uh, our, our food out, man and more outreach that Tony and Christy are our heads of and our, our uh, food, our uh, clothing uh, pantry that Janice oversees our the Chester Center that we use for the community and all the missions that we support in our area and worldwide. There are so many things that we're already doing, but that's not enough. It really is not. People are perishing. So we have to rally together and move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And we have hope for the future. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what the media tells us, regardless of what we see with our own eyes or hear with our own ears, greater is he in you than what's going on in this world. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.